Hello, this is John Renaud, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. Check us out, Uncommon Genius for the Common Types. Hi, this is Goes a Good Speed, and uh, I'm here with Jean Renault on the Mobile Radio Carnival. That's it, man. That's fantastic. I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> uh, and you're sounding good and healthy and good. everything. And I'm so excited to have you on because you are one of my most favorite song writers and performers, especially That's in the really genre. Nice of you to say. Yeah, hey. especially in the genre you play within. So it's fantastic. And we're going to talk well, look- about that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I yeah. really appreciate you having me on. And the the support that uh, you and uh, Pluto Radio have shown me has been nothing next to phenomenal. Honestly, it's just, it's amazing. I appreciate that. I would suggest well-deserved. I, I, I think that the world is a little diminished these days and not as accepting of uh, talent as perhaps they should be. So we're happy to be uh, an organization that presents your vibe because it is amazing. And oh, thanks, um, man. yeah, it's, uh, it's just, I mean, I guess I'm going to jump right into it because it's just such a fascinating thing. It always has been for me. I've always had tons of friends that play like, I'm originally from Detroit, so it would be like bowling right. alley, bowling alley gigs, right? Yeah. So you have these good scene these, though in Detroit, right? It, it, really it was when scene. I was there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it music's always respected. I think music generally is less appreciated now because people don't tend to go out as much as they used to. Well, and ever more so right now. People yeah, aren't going yeah, yeah. out at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I'm even talking pre coronavirus, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I think I think the appreciation for going out and seeing what you guys like you do yeah. has lessened and lessened. Um and I used to have buddies that would play bowling alley gigs all the time. And I'd go and check them out. And I'd be like, wow, these cats are some of the most talented cats you're ever going to listen to. And sometimes, obviously, I'm, there's small houses. There's very little appreciation, but they do it. And they take their two bits and uh, move on yeah. with it. But that's, yeah. that's a bit of what you do. That's not all that you do. Um, no. So what uh, is it like being kind of a modern day troubadour in that sense? <laughs> uh, it has its moments. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, I've been profoundly missing it, as you can probably imagine, over the last uh, uh, year, as it's been now almost. Um, you know, it's a huge, huge, huge part of my life. And it's not just the... I mean, I love live performance. I love it. Uh, that's that's in my blood. It's what I do. Uh, it's that connection with people. It's winning people over and, and you know, uh, making something happen in a room where nothing was happening before and uh, just kind of getting hold of people and going, actually, you know, this is stuff you've never heard before, but it has merit. It has value. And if you open your mind a little bit, it'll suck you in and it'll get you. You just got to let it. Um, but it's not it's not just that it's the whole thing that goes with it. It's the travel. It's meeting people constantly. It's, um, uh, it's kind of presenting yourself to, to new people all the time. It's the, it's the whole kind of culture that goes with gigging, uh, and goes with live performance that I'm missing. You know, the run, the random meetups with people who are, oh, you're a mate of that guy. And I know that guy. And do you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff has gone out of the window and it's been a tough pill to swallow um, for those of us that live and breathe it. Uh, yeah, it, it uh, up until Corona, I, I had been working at a jazz club. 
Oh which, man, really? Yeah, it really isn't my scene, but I consider myself lucky to have been there because I sang every night uh, at least yeah. three tunes with the, the the duo that played there. Which oh was, wow, yeah, it was way out of my zone in the sense what, of what. What kind I of did. stuff were you singing? Well, I would do, it was nice because they would basically conform to me doing blues in a somewhat jazz style. <laughs> okay. So, but it was amazing because of what you're talking about, this whole reinteraction. I hadn't played out in some years. Yeah. And this whole thing of like what I missed about how every night is new with the crowd as well as what you're doing. And it's mm -hmm. an environment that's saying, Hey, that's what it's about. You know, that's yeah. a cool thing. And that's yeah. what, that's what I'm missing uh, along yeah. the lines of what you're talking about. It's the energy that you yeah. get as well. Uh, and, and festivals are really, really miss festivals. And yeah. I had such a big, uh, festival season planned in 2020. Um, I have my three piece band, ready to go but a couple of really incredible musicians um called bill burks and and charlie bishop who are you know they're the kinds of guys they played a lot uh together before i met them and they just have this almost kind of preternatural understanding of what the other guy is going to do right. next and they are together they're this incredible unit that that can go anywhere and do anything right uh, and uh, the fact that I get to play with those guys is amazing to me uh, because they force me to be at the top of my game all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean? I do. Uh, and the fact that they love it and they enjoy it uh, is a, is such a huge compliment to me. So uh, it was going to be a privilege to do a whole... I did a few shows with them at the end of 2019 and then COVID hit and ruined everything. Yeah, um, but we had a whole bunch of festival stages lined up and I'm gutted that we couldn't do it last year and it's probably not going to happen in any significant way this year. So Yeah, I don't... I mean, I've seen a bunch of forecasts and things of that nature and it's like, you know what? Yeah. I, I'm a little gun-shy at this point. I don't believe any of it. I mean, I'm hoping by yeah, the end yeah, of this I'm, year. I'm, I'm like you, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, guys, you keep saying one thing and then it changes yeah. into something completely different, just, you know? Just keep rolling out the rhetoric and I'll, I'll yeah. keep uh, taking each day as it comes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Expect the worst, hope for the best. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it just keep it keeps coming back that way it's like a loop yeah. it's like oh yeah. okay things look, oh no 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 it's going down oh it's going yeah. up no it's going down in a lot of ways that's what's made this um this lockdown worse uh, we're in the th we're in lockdown number three over here in the uk right uh and uh the first one was kind of all right because almost as soon as they announced it the weather was amazing uh, and it was amazing for almost months on end. And we had this big, long season where things didn't feel so bad because you could still get out. You couldn't socialize, but you could still get out and do things. And the sun right. was shining. Uh, and then they said, hey, we're going to we're going to ease it all up. And suddenly things started happening again. I played a couple of gigs. Uh, you dared to hope. You know, things yeah. were things were moving in the right direction. And then all of a sudden there was another lockdown. And everyone went, oh, damn, really? Yeah. And then they said, hey, hey, don't worry. We're going to ease it at Christmas time. And so we got a little bit of Christmas. And then January hit and they said, no, this is it. It's all gone really badly. You've all enjoyed yourselves too much uh, and had too much of a good time. So now we're locking you down for an indeterminate period of time. And by the way, it's the holy hell depths of winter. 
So uh, <laughs> prepare to feel miserable. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's this very one... black and it's very dark for a while. Yeah. All, you know? yeah. 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 So, so uh, this is really where we are with it. This one has felt harder, I think for most people over here, because we've, we've seen a glimpse of freedom. We've had it snatched back away from us. And uh, as you were kind of alluding to the goalposts, just keep moving. Yeah. Every time you think they're in front of you, they get further away. Yeah. Um, but what can I do about it, man? No, that's it. I mean, and, and, and you know, I don't mean to take away from people who actually have to figure out what we're supposed to be doing as well, because hmm. I don't pretend to be an expert on, on the solution. God, no. I am no, an no. expert on my frustration with the lack <laughs> of solution though. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, you know, and there's enough of us, I think, uh, keep rattling their cages at least to keep them honest, I hope. Oof. I don't think I've met or seen uh, an honest UK politician. Yeah, um, I, we're missing him uh, on this side too. For bro. a long time, man. <laughs> you know, but not for yes, a long indeed. time. Yeah, this, they, this shower that we've got. Actually, let's not turn this into a political. No, uh, well, I don't think we can. Broadcast. I don't think our. I, th I don't <laughs> think generally our attitudes are going to permit that. It's okay to talk no. about it a little bit, though. Yeah, but the, <laughs> can, can I wasn't allude a, to how dissatisfied we are. This almost feels like one of your lyrics. I, 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 it's something about like I wasn't a cynic until today. You, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know where the optimism slipped away. It, yeah, you know. But it's just one of those things, man. It, it's just ongoing, and and you, you just know, gotta never... suck it. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, we're all we're powerless over here. We got to listen. There's positive things happening. You know, the vaccine stuff is all very good over here at the moment. There are huge, huge queues. My uh, city just made the national news because there are huge queues outside the vaccination center That's of good. kind of senior citizens, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not really a good thing because it's the depths of winter. So all those senior citizens are waiting outside in the freezing cold. Freezing their asses off, uh, yeah. But, you know, it, it, there are big lines for vaccinations and stuff. stuff is happening, stuff is occurring. I'm starting to get some gigs coming in for the summertime. Um, so people are, there is a sense that there could be some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think so too. And it, but the truth is, I I think with a lot of musicians in particular, uh, my friends that are musicians, myself, I you know when you've been kind of on the the bottom rung in the sense of financially because of your art anyway, in some ways, in some <laughs> now ways you're this talking. is better. Yeah, in some <laughs> yeah, ways yeah, this yeah. is better, or it's the well, same. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's not better in not being able to mix with people and be out with people. And yeah. obviously the disease is out there, or the virus is out there. But in some ways, financially, with at least here, I mean, the being on the dole is a whole new thing for some people. But some yeah. of my friends are like, dude, I get to sit and write music and. Well, you know. I mean, that's a double edged sword. I was uh, I was playing quite a lot of gigs on a monthly basis uh, and. Uh, that I had a, a day job as well uh, yeah. to, you know, keep the wolf from the door uh, and COVID effectively killed all of my revenue streams and stone sweet, dead. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I've had to kind of like figure out how to, how to, you know, reinvent things really. And uh, luckily, you know, uh, I'm part of a family unit and my wife has been working all the way yeah. through this. I've been doing a lot of homeschooling my kids. Uh, nice, man. That's a good <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing, but it's effectively killed any fantasy I might have harbored about, you know, bringing my kids out of school and homeschooling them. No, no, no. Yeah. The Maybe last person my you. kids want to teach them is me, you know? You're it's like, uh, no. no, no. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. Yes. I'm happy to I'm happy to lead by example, but don't ask me to teach you anything, okay? Yeah, well, <laughs> you you were learning a new respect perhaps for for those. Yeah, who yeah, teach. yeah, yeah. I still remember that tweet I saw about a week into the first lockdown and it was some guy on Twitter who basically said, I've only been homeschooling my kids for two days and already I feel like teachers should get paid a million pounds a year. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't That's agree funny, more. That's funny, man. You got two kids? But, yeah, I got two kids. Yeah. Uh, they're still pretty young, 11 and six. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, nice ages. Um, lots to lots to get to grips with. But uh, yeah, the homeschooling thing has been hard, and I, I think uh, coming at it from an artistic point of view, I mean, I don't know how you feel. You're not in lockdown right now, right? Yeah, got- technically we are. I mean, it's it's uh, in a, my sense in California is they want to use lighter language because I, I think Americans get offended with the idea of being controlled. So <laughs> when your liberty gets threatened, yeah, even, they don't, even in the even with language, yeah, they don't tend to use the term lockdown. No, okay, but technically, yeah, we're expected. I mean, we, they said we're off lockdown now. Restaurants are like able to do like one third capacity outside. Okay, yeah, that still sounds like a lot of rules to me. It is a lot of rules. You know what I'm saying? So to me, technically, I guess we're not in a lockdown, but there's still a lot of preemptive strikes being made against COVID. Um, So it is, it's, it's very limited. Um, You know, bars are closed for the most part. Interiors of bars are closed and restaurants are closed. So obviously that excludes anything as far as entertainment and things of that nature. So it's probably very, very similar. I think what we don't do that you guys do is the tier thing that, that, yeah, I mean, what you what you're talking about sounds like one of the tiers that that we've got because there's four. There were, there were only three tiers, and now there are four tiers, uh, and we are out of the tier system for the moment, and we're in this national lockdown. And what they think is in March we go back to tears again uh yeah. and uh you know it's just restrictions of your freedoms and and all this kind of stuff and, and some of it makes a lot of common sense yeah. and we're all i mean we're all sick of talking about it as well I'm, yeah. I'm sure you are i'm sure every musician you've had on this podcast for months now has been having a version of this conversation with you actually you know what's <laughs> really interesting i think there was a gentleman uh mark carroll who's a friend of mine he's an irish uh musician oh yeah i i heard him talking about yeah. it yeah because you, you yeah i listened and i think he and i and now you are really the only ones who've broached the subject on the podcast and i'm cool with it because i haven't had a lot of people talk about it and i don't cool. think I think it's more of a, the way we're doing it. I'm hearing more like how you, how what's going on in your world opposed yeah, to bitching sure. about COVID, right? It doesn't sound to <laughs> yeah. me like you're bitching about it. No, yeah. That comes in part two. <laughs> <laughs> that comes in phase two, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but not, uh, to, not to beat it up too long. In fact, I would like to just let the audience even know what it is that you do. So I want to put on one of your tunes. And I think the one I'd like to start with is the key broke off clean in the lock. Oh, really? Okay. Nice. That's yeah. a, that's a nice left field choice. Actually. Uh, that's what I, I thought it'd be nice to, to start. Um, of course, I'm going to get to my favorite song of yours uh, a little <laughs> later, 
but I think I know what that one is, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you're aware of that. Uh, (laughs) So we'll start off with this tune and we'll, we'll put it on now. If you're cool with that. Yeah, of course, man. Play it. Play it. Fantastic. Here we go. Roll around, roll around. The key broke off clean in the lock. You've been stumbling around the cold waste ground. So we come when the wheels fall out. And I'm on the outside, but you're on the outer rim. And you're looking at me as I look at you looking in. Rolling around, falling down. Stairs the giant, stairs the giant, stairs. You've been stumbling around. Tumbling around Trapped in a Penrose nightmare And I'm out of the loop But you're endlessly looping And I'm looking at you As you look at me Looking in But maybe behind the stars Something you haven't already got You keep a craft clean and lock Maybe behind the star is something you haven't already got
I, I do. I really like that song. That's I guess that's why I picked it. I went through a bunch of your catalog. I looked at a bunch of uh, of your kind of live uh, video recordings on, on YouTube. I ran across this song and I, I really find it very charming. And I also feel that because I can't, I'm not going to play a whole catalog for people that sure it's a nice representation of something you do very well. And cool. I mean, it, it's just it's some of the lyrics in it, the whole like primrose nightmare drawn in a mm-hmm. loop, endlessly looping great like little keyboard part that you put in to really support what was going on as far as that goes and just again this whole lyricism that you do and i mean that both musically as well as with literally your lyrics um i I think it's a beautifully clever song too not clever clever as uh (laughs) brits like to say but a very very clever song and yeah. it's just it's just well put. Do you feel this song is kind of a good representation of yourself? I do. I really I have a, uh, a soft spot for that song. It's not a song that uh, it's difficult to do it justice live because uh, on the record, it, it kind of goes from this very sort of ethereal sounding, quite delicate uh, acoustic thing to these huge synths. Uh, and massive, uh, massive keys uh, on the course, and um, that's quite a difficult thing to pull off live, especially when you don't have a keyboard player. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, and especially when I'm playing solo. I mean, this it, 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 there's kind of a nice acoustic version uh, of it that you can do. Um, that's very stripped down, right? Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's one of those songs that I I wrote it and then I took it into the studio, and the guy who w- was my producer for that one, a guy called Josiah um, Josiah Manning, real genius, and he's the sort of guy who what I like about him is I can say, hey, I, I was thinking about I don't know, um, I was thinking about having some Indian drums on this this bit. You know, but where are we going to get some Indian drums? And he'll go, hmm, uh, I think I've got some out the back. And <laughs> then I go, OK, hysterical. well, well, who do we know who can play those drums? And he'll go, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and he'll he'll immediately be able to to actualize whatever it is that I'm coming up with. And right. he um, he just busted out this huge simp sound. I said, look, I'm thinking about simps on this and I want to really define the course and I want to really give it some some bollocks. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. On you this can, yeah. I have no, yeah, I have no issues. I, <laughs> I, I want to like talk to people the way they talk. So good. So I'm allowed to fucking swear. Good. You good. are, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> good. You may uh, find some in return as well. So. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah, excellent. No, I'm quite a profane individual on the sly. So um, they say it uh, comes with high intelligence. <laughs> That's what I like to believe. Yeah, that uh, don't they also say the same thing about sarcasm as well? I do. Um, I think they. I I do. I don't know if they do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just believe what I want to believe at this stage. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, he said, "Yeah, no problem." And immediately, as soon as we tried, we went through a couple of simp sounds. But as soon as we hit on the simp sound that's on the record, I went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that is the one." That I, I really one. like that. I, I mean, yeah. that's part of the reason why I picked the song because I thought, you know, I. I went through a bunch and I thought, you know what? This one's got this lovely keyboard thing going on. And it, it just, you know, as far as presenting who you are, I wanted to be like, yeah, it, it can have this acoustic vibe at yeah. one level, but I didn't want anyone to be like at this point going, Oh, he's just an acoustic player, you know? Yeah. That's, they talk that's, about, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not it at all. I mean, um, uh, I uh, I write everything on guitar because I am a guitar player uh, and I love guitar and I'm I'm not I'm a self-taught guitar player, right? So I went the long, long, long way round to, right. to learn. Um, but the result of that is uh, that I guess I kind of have my own style, okay? Uh, and I'm really pleased about that these days. Uh, but in the beginning, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't go to a guitar teacher. I, I wasn't interested in playing anyone else's songs. I just picked, I had an, an electric guitar, first of all, a cheap Honer, a Strat copy. Um, and I, I just taught myself to play some chords and immediately I began writing songs. Now they were terrible songs. Um, and I wasn't a singer at that point. I was just a guitar player, but I got into my first band, um, after only playing guitar for six months, I was the lead guitar player in a heavy metal band, right? Interesting. I never even tuned my guitar the same way twice. Uh, I, I just got in a room with some other guys and we started making music. And again, it was terrible, but it taught me to appreciate being in a room with other guys playing music. Um, it taught me to think about dynamics you know of a song and how what i wanted things to do and i got i quickly kind of got bored with metal i was really into the to you know metal solos and 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 like um uh you know kirk hammett and uh dimebag daryl and uh and, and people like this from the metal world uh and then i i kind of realized that it just wasn't for me it felt like a kind of limited genre yeah, and I was going home and listening to Hendrix uh, and James Brown, uh, and it, uh, nothing kind of lined up. Do you know what I mean? I, I've always it, it, oh. I totally hear. You know, it's funny. I wish I I was looking through my notes while you were talking because there was a song I was going to pull to to play that was an acoustic thing, but you played it on your electric, and it was in a barroom setting. But then you did this whole lead riffing thing, and I thought, man, I am so sh surprised it. it it feels a little bit like this guy's doing Hendrix with his lead work. <laughs> right. And it's so I'll, funny that I'll you take say that, that as I'll take that as a very high compliment indeed. It, so. it, it was intended as such in a way <laughs> because it just it's just the the flavor and, and the the tone and all of a sudden yeah. this you know, as it should, the song takes on its own life when you're doing lead work. Yeah. Uh, but it did and it fits exactly what, what you were saying as far as like some of your influences. I could totally hear that. Yeah, but I not guess when it, you're playing your acoustic. I can't hear that. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's uh, all your influences come out somewhere, don't they? Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, and I, I've been in uh, acoustic, folky duos. I've been in funk bands, in uh, you know indie rock bands, and metal bands, uh, all all kinds of different stuff. And um, you know, funk, soul, blues. Uh, those have all been big influences on me, uh, and and that kind of angsty Brit pop, and uh, right. you know, tons and tons and tons of stuff. I've been um very open minded musically all my life, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully it all comes out somewhere. So although everything starts on an acoustic guitar for me, uh, it doesn't stay on an acoustic guitar for me. It's not how I envisage things being do you know what i mean i do but you're, 
you're totally just saying because I'm most comfortable. I mean, this, if I were to say it back, you're totally most comfortable writing on an acoustic guitar. But yeah. that doesn't mean when you're writing, you're you're not influenced inside. Like, oh, I want to do that here, and I want yeah, to do that oh, here. totally, yeah. That's you where know. I like. It's where I like to start because I like to be able to work songs backwards to the acoustic guitar, so that if I play solo, as I do quite a bit, I've always got a version that I can play. You know. Yeah. Um, but when I go into the studio, I don't want to be constrained by that at all. And in fact, uh, I guess we'll get to this in a bit, but uh, I'm I'm in the process of demoing a new album at the moment. And I'm, I'm doing that at home, obviously, for obvious reasons. Right. Um, uh, and although I'm demoing everything on an acoustic guitar, I'm already throwing loads of other stuff. Yeah. over the top already thinking about the fact that i don't want any acoustic guitar on this track right you know what i mean it's just the medium that i like to start on no i i, I totally get what you're saying and i could and you said uh, i'm hearing songs that i don't even want the acoustic guitar on. i was going to yeah. say i bet there's still songs you know for a fact that's all you want on the songs too yeah yeah absolutely it does work both ways completely uh, how how did you how did you come up because i i honestly i think you're a very unique um, songwriter and performer. And I think part of it is what we just talked about, like where your guitar work comes from. But how did you end up singing? Well, part of that came from uh, the dissatisfaction that I had with uh, the singers that I worked with. Yeah. Because I was writing songs. I was writing songs, but I didn't think that I could sing. Um, so I was kind of a lyricist. And guitar player. And then what would happen is I would give these songs to, like when I was in the heavy metal band, I would give them to the lead singer. He would put lines through most of it, you know, and um, yeah. insert a few fucks. Uh, and before you knew it, it was unrecognizable and the kind of point and spirit of the song had been lost. Um, and then I, I think I was probably about 19, 18, 19, I got my first acoustic guitar because you recall up to then I've been, I've been an electric player. Okay. And uh, there was something about going to the acoustic guitar that it just lends itself to you wanting to sing, you know? That makes sense. Yeah. I I started to, you just can't help it. You pick it up, you strum it, you harmonize, you think, Oh, okay, this is nice. I like it. This is going somewhere. And um, before you know it, you're kind of humming things along, you're singing. And so it just kind of grew organically, if you like, out of out of me going back to or, or going to acoustic guitar and kind of un- relearning how to play almost. Right. Um, and, and taking things in a different direction. And that's when I started to think, oh, OK, maybe maybe I can sing. Um, I know I can write lyrics. Maybe I can sing. I just need a bit of practice. And so that's what I've been doing for the rest of my life. <laughs> I, I think it's a good choice. I, I think uh, one of the things that really impresses me about your vocal performances are your the way you phrase. Now, I know you have an advantage because you're writing the lyrics and you're writing the music. So you can create phrasing to a song that you know you can pull off. But I think it's incredible, really, the way that you tend to. That's what moves you out of folk altogether, in my mind. Like yeah. it might, I, I don't mean that in any insulting way because obviously I don't you, really think of myself as a folk musician. Anyway, yeah. I have to be honest. Well, you have a lot of, you let some of those influences be there and you could, I'm suggesting you could easily be misconstrued as one 
However, yeah. if someone looks at the way you phrase, you, you know, with your voice, I, I don't, I don't think that because it's, it's almost like an, uh, a crossover into, you know, rock jazz. It's like, it's yeah. like, it feels like a little bit like what's convenient to you at the moment in a way. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that all the, all the people that I most respect in, uh, in the musical world, all my heroes, they're all those people like, you know, obviously I'm going to say Bowie. Uh, good choice. Pe- I'd say that's pe- a good choice. You know, people like Beck, they're, they're people that I'll follow down and, and did have followed down any rabbit hole they care to go down. Right. right? Because they're just songwriters. They're people who got a muse, they follow their muse and wherever it takes them, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, but But you have to kind of build that uh, trust and faith in artists uh, and uh, you get that as a fan but when you're a performer who is um, at the different end of the the fame spectrum i.e nobody knows you you have to kind of uh, you have to kind of hook people in somehow and that's where the genre labels are useful to a degree yeah but i like to think that if you if you've heard that i'm some kind of folk artist or some kind of blues artist uh, or whatever, uh, or an alternative rock performer, that you'll listen to a couple of songs and then very quickly you'll just go, ah, okay, um, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I, I, I do, just, yeah. This guy, is a, this guy is a songwriter. That's, uh, and, and hopefully that's what you get to. Do you know what I mean? I do, because it, it's, it's, and especially in your case, it, it's about, it's about this the the song comes at you as the song comes at you but you're very playful within the structure that you set down which i think keeps it uh very interesting very alive very in the moment opposed to really good of you to to say well instead of you know something that's just laid down and predictable and here comes the refrain and here comes this and here comes it which you know a lot of that's good music as well yeah i think i think you have a special special um understanding of how to really float through your time and, and, and change it up, but have it feel like it's the same. It's really, I think an incredible talent to be honest with you. Well, I can't accept all the credit because I've worked with some amazing people and, um, uh, you know, the guy who produced, uh, your favorite song and, um, which we're going to get to right. And just yeah. Yeah. Bit. And, and the whole of that the whole of running with the outliers, that album, Chris love, he's a genius. Uh, and he had a lot of the same musical touchstones as I did. Right. Um, and we had a real meeting of minds when we, when we first got together, uh, and, he was able to really help me uh, visualize and actualize those things that I was trying to articulate to him when we were talking about how I wanted this to sound and, you know, all that. Long. Yeah. And when, as soon as we started pulling some stuff together, it quickly became apparent that we had a very similar kind of aesthetic feel for the music, you know? Yes. And none of us were interested in uh, doing anything that was going to be too samey or too too dull or too repetitive or too formulaic we just wanted good music yeah you know and each song to have its own um its own kind of story and flavor and 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 to be something in its own right that you could stumble across late at night on a playlist or something and think geez man that's really taken me on a little bit of a journey yeah. Uh, rather than just sitting in the background. I mean, it's like um, Neil Young is another one of my big heroes, right? Well, I, yeah, uh, I can understand that. 
And uh, I mean, he's got such an intimidatingly large back catalogue. Um, yeah. But everybody knows his voice. And as soon as he comes on, you go, oh, wow, this is this is Neil Young. But you don't know you don't know which Neil Young you're getting. Yeah, you, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you, are you getting the Neil Young with Crazy Horse? Are you getting the Neil Young from from this album with that album? You know, he's gone in a lot of different directions. Country Neil Young, alternative Neil Young, uh, loud and messy Neil Young, folky yeah. Neil Young, you know, and it's it's that, I guess, uh, you know, I'm not putting myself anywhere near Neil Young, but I, I'm saying that he's a good template for singer-songwriters. In, and you never know really what's coming next. He follows his muse. Um, and that's the kind of thing that I, I want to do is just follow it where it goes and kind of trust myself and trust the people that I work with um, to come up with something that's hopefully interesting and, and exciting and enticing and a little bit bewitching for listeners. What a good word choice, because now I am going to put on Kingport Marina. And <laughs> bewitching is a very, very lovely way to preface that. Oh, uh, thanks. So here we go. We never talk about the time you found God in the King Pond Marina Was probably the powder of the wine You got religion in the King Pond Marina You lost it soon after I remained bewildered by the whole affair Confused seem to come here a lot Watching waves in the King Pond Marina Living and dying is the best you've got That and the view of the King Pond Marina There's a ferry leaving late tonight But there's only questions on the other side They say stay in your lane Stay in your lane Stay in your lane Learn to play the game Stay in your lane But your lane has lost its shape There's a ferry leaving late tonight But there's only questions on the other side How many have fallen through the cracks Mesmerized in the King Pond Marina A little of this, a little of that Available near the King Pond Marina You share an out and you share a drink But don't stop too long to talk or think too much it's a consequence
drawn by the lights Calling to the King Bond Marina Looking for a haven in the night You let down in the King Bond Marina There's a ferry leaving late tonight But there's only questions on the other side Say stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, learn to play the game, stay in your lane, your lane has lost its shape, there's a ferryman coming late tonight, I hope it takes you safe to the other side. There's a ferryman coming late tonight I hope he takes you safe to the other side Man, I think that's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. I really, truly oh, do. It's so, like, um, alluring. It's enchanting. Right. Uh-huh. It feels like it does feel like one of the things I pick up on a lot in the way that you express yourself is you seem to break down like what solitude is for people, if this makes sense. Like, okay, even, that's though, interesting. even though in the song, I feel connected to what the voice is singing to. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it's an awareness of like, I'm still alone, even though. I'm connected. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's always the impression oh, I get. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful in a way because it's so truthful and it feels like, and I'm, I'm going to ask you what the song, where the song comes from, from you, but I just wanted to get these ideas out to you first. Sure. So that you can either contrary them, you know, make them contrary to what you're saying or, you know, vice versa. It just, it does. It always feels like, you know, some of the other pieces you do, I just think you have this clarity of like how we are alone if that makes any sense at all. Well, it's really, really fascinating. Thanks. That's a really interesting insight for someone to hear about their stuff. That's really, really interesting. And it doesn't, you didn't leave me feeling alone, like where it, I, it feels like a sad song in a way, but it Uh doesn't feel like a sad song with the way that I felt left. This doesn't make a lot of sense intellectually, but it's just the emotional reaction that I felt. Yeah. I think you are uh, touching on something which is, I could probably get dangerously pretentious about, but I'll try not to. I'll I'll Um, keep you off that path. Yeah, please. Give it a Uh, shot, man. uh, Well, uh, there is a there is a line to be walked when you when you are uh, creating something and when you're creating a song and when you're going for a particular feeling and the you can't you know King Point Marina is a I almost didn't put it on the album right because yeah. it was too raw when I wrote it I the story behind the song is. King Point Marina is a real place here in Plymouth. And truthfully, it's not much to write home about. It's a it's a small marina uh, next to the main ferry port in the city. Um, and although it's been kind of 
the area has been gentrified and uh, kind of watered down a little bit in recent years. For a long time, it was right on the edge of the red light district here in Plymouth. And it was the kind of place that you would find yourself late at night after a few too many drinks. uh, If you were trying to take a shortcut through the city or you uh, you just kind of got sucked in by the the lights and the waves and uh, and everything else. And um, I used to work right next to it. So I would see the the King Point Marina a lot. Uh, and I just observed a lot of stuff, a lot of comings and goings and, and everything else. And I had occasion to be there uh, a few times at night myself, you know, um, yeah. hither and thither. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, there was there was just there was a sense that there was always life going on in this place. Right. And some of it was very uh, above board and some of it was a little bit more free form. Right. Um and I, for ages, I was seeing this sign on the way to work for the King Point Marina. And uh, I would go on my way to work and I'd see the sign and this this vocal line in my head just arrived, you know, King Point Marina. But for ages, that was all I had, right. you know, and I'd see this sign, I'd have the line and I'd think, God, yeah, I feel like I want to write a song about that. But it, it went nowhere, right? And then things took a bit of a tragic turn because um, a friend of a friend who was very young, only 24, a girl that I had worked with um, uh, and was the best friend of of a friend of mine, died in the marina. Oh, my. Uh, She'd had a fight with her boyfriend. They'd been on a booze cruise. I don't know if you have booze booze cruises over in L.A., but anyway. They have them everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, good. Just checking. Just checking. Yeah. Anyway, and yeah, it was it was kind of a death by misadventure. Nobody knew exactly what had happened to her, uh, but it kind of ripped the guts out of the community for a little wow. while. Um, and it was profoundly affecting to all of us who knew her, even just a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and suddenly, I guess probably about six months went by and, and suddenly one night I'd start writing this song and it was all about, I, you know, I, I just, I wanted to think about the mindset uh, of this poor girl in her last moments. Right. right? Um, but what I, I guess what I'm saying about being pretentious is there's a line that you have to walk and the line is so fine and you're not sure sometimes whether you get it right or not, especially with a subject like this, because th- you don't want it to be, kind of uh mawkish and and depressing and you know you're talking about someone who's died yes. right so ultimately there's a sense of loss that's going to be conveyed in the song but at the same time you you want to strike a note of optimism and solidarity and hope and and all this kind of stuff and it took me a while to really feel like i had it you know um, yeah, it's a tricky song, especially knowing that I didn't know that when I heard the song. And you're right in the sense of you don't want to overload it with literal no things. And and I understand what you're talking about. I think I understand what you're saying. It, it, you had to poetically, you know, tell the story. Yeah, or else it would have been pretentious. Yeah, and and also it would have felt 
the last, the very last thing that I wanted was yeah. to make this song exploitative exactly. in any way of, of you know. It, I totally there, get there, what you're saying. There had to be something uh, about it that kind of hopefully transcended the the subject matter. Um, I think I think you more than succeeded at that because part of when you were talking about it, I thought, oh, that's so fascinating because I remember at one point I thought it was like, because I let my imagination roll and it, 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 I had this literal story where this dude's seeing his girl off. He doesn't want her to go. Mm-hmm. And it, there was some kind of religious connotation to why she had to leave and she would find her answers on the other side. Like nice. that was one of the simplest images that I remember when I first heard the song that came into mm-hmm. my head. And if you, if you want to break all that down, in effect, it's saying this, it's saying very close to the reality that happened, you know, this girl's leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it had a sense of permanence. I remember that distinctively. And that's yeah. how I meant it, it. It felt me alone, but it, it felt, it made it make sense to me at the same time. Well, but that's, that's amazing. That's all I could possibly ask yeah. for from that song. I mean, hopefully it's it's a song that if even if you know nothing about the the background, you can still find something in there that will resonate a little bit. Um and it's a very simple song, but it felt so raw when I went into the studio. Um I'd only I'd finished writing it like the week before. Right. Uh well, after I, years of driving around with the idea. <laughs> Well, after a long time of driving tortured, around, the idea. exactly, and I, I, uh, I wasn't confident that it was it was going to be right. Do you know what I mean? And I was, I, I was really worried that uh, it was going to feel like I was in some way uh, trying to kind of cash in on on grief or loss or or something. And I really didn't want that. And it was the last thing that I that I needed. So the whole song really isn't it's not just about the loss of that girl. It's a little bit about time and place and, and feelings and the kind of general stuff that goes on and feeds into that, that place. Um, But at the same time, it could almost be anywhere that, you know, that has that kind of vibe, you know, I I do. I think you managed to put it into a poetic phrasing that, that it's more to your point than just about this incident. Um, and I think it expresses the human aspects of that incident at the same time. Well, I, the, the song sounded okay on acoustic, <laughs> right? Yeah. It sounded okay. Uh, and I took it in and I said to, to Chris, Chris Love, uh, the producer at um, Whistlewood Studios, I said, look, I've got this song. Uh, I'm going to play it, see what you think. And he was like, you have to put that on the album. I agree, man. Absolutely. It's going on the album. So I said, okay, but I don't want this to be just an acoustic song. It needs it for me. It needs something else. Nick Drake is a big influence on me. I love Nick Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, the song fly. Uh, it's know been a while the, since the I drifted through his catalog. How's that one go? Oh, uh, and it's raining too hard yeah, for yeah, yeah. the fly. Yeah, yeah, it's my Nick Drake impression. Um, uh, it's got beautiful strings on the album. Um, uh, and I, I said to Chris, "Look, here's what I want. I, I want some strings on this. What do you reckon?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can get some strings on this. But first, let's try some piano." So I said, "Yeah, yeah, I definitely want some piano on this." And as soon as he put piano on it, I started to weep. 
uh, on on the first take, the first time that he tried it, I was sat behind him so he couldn't see me. But he he said, "Look, I'll, I'll try something," and he st- and it was powerful. It was immediate, uh, and I thought, "God, this is just elevating the song to to another level." And then uh, we talked about the strings, and he he just called me up uh, a few days after we've been in the studio and said, "Look, I've come up with a string arrangement." come over, have a listen, see what you think. And I just, I think I sat in awe for about two minutes yeah. afterwards uh, at, at the job that he had done um, because it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. And it, and it really, it just catapulted the song far beyond anything that I had uh, imagined for it uh, or, or had been able to produce myself. You know, he really, he really took that song to another level. So uh you know, uh, much of the credit belongs to Chris for yeah. for transforming that song into something really very special, which gratifyingly has somehow reached quite a few people. So, yeah, it's a it's a lovely song. There's, it, it, and I appreciate you expressing all that. It's for me, it was a huge curiosity, which I think, um, it, you know, talking about it here has been fun because now I get to see more of your point of view of where it came from and how it, how it shaped up. It, it's certainly a lovely song and I can see why that would reach many people uh, yeah. to, to change the subject from such a <laughs> yeah. song into <laughs> ugly, ugly realities. Okay. <laughs> I like to ask, I like to ask uh, musical types what they think about where we've progressed in the sense of like how you have to market yourself, whether or not you participate in all of the different um, venues in which you can market yourself. Uh, is it a pain in the ass for you to have to post yourself all over the place or have your people post yourself all over the place? Nah, it's a tough uh, one, but I, yeah, I, I mean, of course I struggle with it. Like everyone else. Uh, I, uh, I, I, different, Social media kind of requires this constant update of material uh, and that's very counter to the artistic mindset, right? I would I agree. think because I, I, you can't be uh, you can't be on all the time and uh, I'm one of those people that needs to disappear from uh, everything once in a while i don't feel like i've got that much to say to the wider world every single day i part of being uh, an artist and and particularly being a songwriter is uh taking apart the world and reassembling it in a way that you can understand things right so yes. that's how that's why i became a songwriter i think is my bid to not just express myself, but to disassemble reality and put it back together in a way that I understand and and can relate to, right? Yes. Uh, and so, uh, I a lot of social media for me is just very empty, uh, and it, it, it's all these kind of bite-sized chunks. Uh, it's not really what I'm what I'm interested in. I like. I like whole meals. I like to get my teeth into something. I'm torturing this metaphor already, but um, <laughs> I, uh, but but I do, you know. And I still, I still like whole albums. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I like to read books. Uh, and uh, I, I like movies. You know, I, I, I don't care for 
uh, TikTok and stuff like that. I understand that it has its place. I understand that Instagram is a very powerful tool if you've got visual stuff to sell. Do you know what I mean? I do. Um, but therefore, the stuff that doesn't really speak to me as an artist, I oh, and I can't really relate to as as a fan or as a human. I I find very empty and very disposable and i find myself less inclined to engage in in that right right yeah that said um undeniably social media has some benefits not all social media platforms are created equal facebook for example is very useful for me for two things getting gigs and connecting with people who i really know right yes um and getting those people to shows and letting them know about music that's coming out stuff like that twitter i find really enjoyable these days because there's a really re like twitter is a shit show twitter is a horrible cesspit of hate <laughs> and bad intentions and attention seeking fuckwits all of whom need you know serious therapy right however the slice of Twitter that I'm involved in, um, the highly specialized kind of independent musician slice of, of Twitter, is full of lovely people. It's full of people who understand you on an instinctual level, who are very supportive, who are very collaborative, who uh, kind of get the, the struggle that's inherent in anyone creating anything and putting it out in the world, who... Um, who are quite nurturing of people that they don't even really know. Uh, and I find that highly refreshing. There's a lot of support that you can find there and a lot of um, really, really talented people who uh, won't ever be mainstream, but are just doing what they want to do uh, and following their muse and uh, seeing what direction stuff's going to go in, and just pushing themselves. And I find that that's really invigorating. You know, yeah, I think, you know, with Pluto Radio, I get to deal with uh, the social media choices a lot of times and I do find it tedious and fatiguing, but uh, you do a good job, though. Thank you. And I think that that the point you just made about Twitter fascinates me in a way because I agree. I, I think that there's there's a lot of just useless energy going out on Twitter as far as yeah. the, if you look at what it is overall, but yeah. I, I have, when I went on with the Pluto stuff that, that I oversee, it's like, you know what, we're going to make sure that we're just dealing with progressing people who have good vibe. Yeah. And we're and you not... do a spectacular job of that. You Thank really you. do. I think, I, I do think Pluto radio is something special. I, I, I hope so. You know, it's a, it's a very small group of us that make it happen. And, you know, for 13 years now, we've made it happen. And we've gone through a pretty big arc of, uh, you know, satisfying. I mean, the goal is really, I, I think we look at ourselves as, as music curators. Like, we're, we're yeah. preserving shit that people are letting go by. Yeah, it, this doesn't make any sense to me how how there's so many talented people out there that just like I get it. You're not going to like I, I'm a musician. I'm never going to be some guy at the top of the heap. I get it. But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean I appreciate 
the fact that I just get pushed along by everyone. And, and there's never like these places where you can at least sit down for a little while and go, Hey, this is what I do. And have someone go, fuck, I had no idea you could do that. Yeah. 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 You know? And, and, and so that's the crux of it. And I do agree with you though, that on Twitter, I have found because we, you know, politics crop up. I cut it at the knees. Like I'm, yeah, severe. Me too. I'm, I'm yeah. severe about it. Like, dude, yeah. that doesn't belong here. You <laughs> yeah. know, you got one chance. I'm not getting into yeah. that. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> because it's not, it's not going to serve anyone. You know, no. what do I care if, if someone who's creating music is, is, you know, this religion or that religion or that political ilk or, cause we're not going to have time. I'm not going to have time to sit down and have them explain all that to me anyway. All I oh. know is damn, your it's vibe relevant. sounds great. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Your vibe makes me happy. Wow. What matters is, is the music. Yeah. And, and so, it's a transformative medium. And, it, and what's great about it, I think, is that everyone on there instinctively grasps that it's a transformative medium. Yeah. And that there's a load of, there's a small group of guys at the top and there's a load of us everywhere else. Yeah. And, and in that huge swathe of, uh, of everyone else, there's some incredible stuff. It's and amazing. Yeah, and there's room for everyone. There is. There, you're so on the mark with that because it's it's like even with uh, some of the Pluto guys, you know, they'll, you know, I'll get some grief or the station will get some grief about who we're playing, why we're playing, and it's like, dude, there's room enough for everyone. I get completely. I get that maybe you know because you dig what we're doing so well and you've 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 had some overdue recognition and rightful recognition you know don't squeeze everyone else out just because because no. you have a taste of what we all should be getting yeah yeah it's, absolutely. it's just opportunity really is what everyone deserves is an opportunity i think when we started off that's what our log line was was we were playing music deserved to be heard yeah well and uh i yeah i really think that your choices are are great and you can see again and again the people that uh support pluto radio and they really oh, yeah. come out for pluto radio they and do. they really you know they uh, do it and it's to your point it's just like that's what's there at twitter for for us for you and i as we're talking about it is this mm -hmm. huge overwhelming like this response of real people who want to connect to something that feels real or that is yeah. real yeah and there's there's very little artifice with independent right. musicians right? right so i mean yeah sure everyone's got an image and you know my my real name might not be goza right but, um uh you know what you're seeing is people at the coalface really uh there's we don't have uh we don't have tons of people curating our social media content designing everything we say right. in order to get us maximum engagement uh you know what I mean? There are teams teams of bots retweeting us every two minutes. Th these are real people with real thoughts, just trying to get their stuff out there and right. and not be dicks to one another. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, if you look at, at someone who shoots a music video, a band that shoots a music video, and and you go, well, you know, that's kind of a cool music video, and you're comparing it into your head, the last real big music video you saw, there's not going to ever be mm -hmm. a comparison. Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're, you're like visually, that's not as impactful as this and this. And it's to your to what you're saying is like, like no, it's not about that. This guy is or this lady is just expressing herself. Yeah, and she has some tools to do that at a greater level than not being visual. So she's going to create something that's visual. 
Yeah. And it's the best she can do under those circumstances. Can't you just see what it is and be there yeah. if you, if, and just see if you like it, you might, you don't have to like it. Yeah. That's the point though, is to be yeah. open-minded enough to go, yeah. okay, I am going to give this a shot. Yeah. Uh, and every time, I mean, Pluto radio naturally encourages those kinds of listeners. Cause when you listen to yeah. Pluto radio, you never know what you're going to get, do you? you know? Yeah, it's true. And, and it's we are going to go to where we do a little more time programming because for a long time, the idea was just let it drift like a freeform radio. You sure? Okay, yeah, I can but see that. I think we've been limiting our ability to market ourselves. So we're like um, some of the, the air hosts are just going to have slotted time every week for an hour or two hours. Cool. And that will allow them to at least point their fan base to what they're doing. I think that's the only short that's been going on as far as. Yeah. Things. But but everyone else, at least in the community we've built, which is by far not the largest number of people on the planet, they seem to appreciate this loose and kind of liberal flow of, of information yeah. and music and vibe. And it's like, wow, yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the next moment. That's it. You but know, whatever it, it is, it's probably going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, let's, let's hope fingers crossed on that. Yeah. One, but, but that's, that's really the whole vibe of that independent uh, yeah. community on Twitter. And you don't, it isn't prevalent in, in the platform in general. It is right. specific to this particular niche. As far as I'm aware, there could be other, you know, I don't know if you're there, there could be other like, lovers of teddy bears twitter or something like that right. that's really nurturing and lovely but i have no experience of that but the <laughs> the independent music twitter is good that's all yeah, i'm saying I, I totally agree man i just think your insight on that is spot on and uh i i i think that vilification of twitter in general might be merit merited but overall there like you say there's these swatches of 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 areas where it's not that yeah. anyway it's what you make it it's what you can yeah with. yeah and i think um social media in general is neither good nor bad right uh it's like anything it's all about how it's used and what it's used for and uh i uh I just feel the need to, I can't be broadcasting all the time. It's not who I am. Right. Uh, and uh, I, I need to go away and think and, uh, uh, and contemplate uh, and, and sort of bring a depth of thought and feeling uh, to the table when I do come back. Uh, and I can't do that by just giving a little of myself every day. Uh, or every hour or whatever. I can only do that when I feel like I've got the energy to do that, right? I totally get it. Uh, and so, and and that's how I feel in everyday life, you know, not just social media, but, uh, you know, I, I want to, it's that whole introvert, extrovert thing that a lot of us have going on. We love being on stage and we love expressing ourselves and we love being the center of attention, but also... Right every now and then we just need to go away and lock ourselves away and think about the world and our place in it and our re relationship to the universe and, you know, all these other uh, existential questions and, and just even just pass our own thoughts and feelings. Uh, and, uh, and really, as I said earlier on, just kind of deconstruct the world and put it back together again in a way that we understand 
And then we're able to come back out and say, hey, look at me, look at me. I've got, I've got shit to sell and I've done this and you should look at this. But yeah. Uh, you can't, you, it's very easy to spread yourself too thinly and to get too obsessed, I think, with follow accounts and follower numbers and, and all that. Because this is a kind of trite thing to say now, and it's very obvious, but followers does not mean fans. Right. Um, and I think you've got to go, as a musician these days, you've got to go deeper into music fandom, not wider. Uh, yeah, I agree. I was just having this conversation with a uh, rock and roll buddy of mine um, just yesterday, and we were discussing the idea, which I've already accepted, is a smaller, more ardent uh, group of followers opposed to trying to snag a bunch of people that you have to convince what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, 100 people that really love what you do exactly uh, is worth way more than 10,000 people who have heard your name but couldn't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, know. it's true, man. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's it. It's, uh, it's the niche stuff. It's finding your niche and yeah. find it. I think, sorry, you call it niche, don't you, over in America? I do apologize. Uh, I do use a niche, but I think I'm oh, doing okay. it as a smart ass. I think I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little French and I know how to say it. I and see. They don't. That's it. That's it. I think uh, you're right. I think most Americans say niche. Well, I just, I'm just trying to help people here when they're going, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah, you know, niche, finding your, finding your people really, it, that's, yeah. That's what it's about. And it's very difficult. Uh, and I'm as lucky as I, as I am to have found people like yourself and, and a few others, all of whom seem to dig it and enjoy it uh, and seem to be willing to kind of follow me down whatever path I'm about to go down. So um, I, I can't thank you enough, as I said. Oh, God, I love what you do. It, it, and uh, we're going we'll to have to close out. But before we do, I would like to give you the opportunity to pick one of your songs to play. Oh, okay. Yeah, baby. I'm putting um, you on the spot now. Putting me on the spot, yeah, in a big way. Uh, okay, how about... Um, there's a song from uh, my first EP, which I hope you have, from Rattlebone Color, okay? Well, I'll uh, have you send it to me if I don't have it. So. Oh, okay, I think I think you probably got it, but it's called The Man with the Ruined Knee. Okay. Uh, and that is just a story and it's, uh, it's only me and an acoustic guitar. Uh, so to, to bring this all full circle, um, this is a song with no bells and whistles. This is a song that I always envisaged only as me and an acoustic guitar. Um, but it has a kind of slightly strange phrasing to it. And it's all based around a guy with a, I used to work in a bar, late night bar. Uh, and every week, every Saturday night, people will come in and get, unbelievably drunk and this one guy would come in and he had a profound limp uh and every single week he would get completely out of his head and every single week he would tell me a different story about how he got his limp (laughs) and so yeah 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 but um after a while i stopped seeing him as this this kind of joke uh, and i started to piece together in my mind, some of the, some of the truths that he was kind of getting towards yeah. and started trying to piece together some of his life. So he told me a load of tall stories and I put a load of them in the song and I tried to figure out, uh, you know, 
what this guy with the ruined knee was was talking about. So that's yeah. If you if you're happy to play that, that's the story behind the song. Who knows what the truth is? Only you can decide. Get a loose tongue and good company. The man with the ruined knee. Drinking more as I. Never wiser, never more sage When I go out by the coast I hear ghosts in the sea When I go out by the coast I hear ghosts in the sea What am I to make of this man with the ruined What am I to make of the man sitting next to me? You said I left my wife on the church steps You left the country in America And I left the use of my knee When a family caught up with me When I go limp in the woods I in the trees When I go limp in the woods I them laughing at me What am I to make of this man with the ruined name What am I to make of the man sitting next to me Sitting next to me 
automatic of the setting sun It was very cool playing that song. So you came up with that song again because this guy just kept feeding you information about uh, the 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 knee. Yeah, the knee. Uh, and uh, the funniest thing is I put that album, uh, EP out and uh, I was doing a gig about uh, three months later and um, I was just setting up in this bar and uh, a woman came sort of pottering up to me and she said, uh, hey, hey, uh, your goes are right. I said, yeah. She said, uh, are you going to play the man with the ruined knee? And I looked at her kind of dumbstruck at that point because the, you know, the EP had only been out a little while. It was just a pub gig. It wasn't anything serious. And I said, yeah, I am. Uh, How do you know? And she said, oh, my husband loves that song. He's got a ruined knee. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I wonder which one of his stories was his, right? Yeah, that's it. He he thinks it's brilliant. And uh, as as soon as I played it, he came running in going, yes, this is my song. This is my song. So, yeah, if you've got a ruined knee, hopefully uh, that song speaks to you on some level. It's but, your um, anthem at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, well, man, uh, there you go. Uh, I got to tell you, man, it's honestly, it's been great. I've really been looking forward to talking to you. And, and oh, likewise. Getting to know it's been you really bit. fun. It's very cool. And this is the, the point where I would let someone, you know, s- suggest to the audience where they can get a hold of them. So if you want to give your dot com. Uh, yeah, I don't have a dot com, but I do have a dot co dot UK, which is just goes a good dot co dot UK. And if you, you go there, that's the portal for everything else. Um, there's probably more information there than you could ever want. <laughs> ever want baby we yeah. won't say ever need because you do need it is if oh you're asking sure you me, need you it need to hear this baby you don't you don't know you want it yet <laughs> exactly hey man it's been great brother oh yeah it's been lovely honestly it's been a real pleasure thanks so much thank you man hey there this is john i want to thank everyone for listening to the mobile radio carnival at the cef.world i also want to say hey thanks goes a good speed for being on the show Hey, so if you got a bit more time to lend the show, this is where we present the show's sponsor this time. It's our very own Pluto Radio. What? What's that, Rondo? What's that, boy? Oh, yeah, of course. Hey, guys, Rondo, the amazing Plutonian space dog, wants me to tell you all about buying some merchandise here at the Pluto Radio Internet Store. The Plutonian.store. That's right. The Plutonian.store. Yep, you can just type that into your URL and press go. Or you can find a link to the store right here at PlutoRadio.com towards the bottom of the page. Either way, Rondo's saying you can get yourself a cool Plutonian hat or an elegant rock and roll Pluto Radio polo or other related or music-related goodies here from the station. And by making a purchase, you are helping to keep the Pluto transmission out there for each and every Earth-born ear bone. What's that, boy? What's that, boy? Oh, yeah. Rondo's right. He says, buy something for sure and don't forget to listen. After all, it's radio. It's made for your ears. And Rondo should know he's got some very sensitive ears. Down, boy. Down. That's enough.